Future Proof Extra with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk. Now, about 10 years ago, one of the biggest science stories of the year was the introduction of artificial meat. And uh, there was a, a big uh, publicity stunt in which the first ever artificial meat burger was made. And that was at the beginning of this program. 10 years later, we're now at the cusp of potentially something quite big in the world of artificial meat. Uh, and I'm joined by Dr. Mark Post, who's Professor of Sustainable Industrial Tissue Engineering at Maastricht University and the man behind that original burger. Uh, Mark, it's great to speak to you again. Uh, it seems like uh, only yesterday we were talking uh, about the, the first burger uh, grown in the lab. It, it has taken its time, but we are getting there. And surprisingly, uh, and I've forgotten about that, I kind of predicted that it would take 10 years. But <laughs> so that's, but that's a that, coincidence. I'm not, I'm not psychic. That's right. We spoke 10 years ago, and, and that's exactly what you said. You said about 10 years, and, and here we are. So um, let's first remind people what we were talking about when we talk about cultivated beef hamburgers. What exactly is the process to make the, the meat that you've been working on for the past, well, well over a decade now? Yeah, so we make meat as you know it. Um, it's, uh, we take cells from a cow. In, in our case, a cow, it can be any animal. Uh, these are stem cells. They can divide and multiply many, many times. And they're also capable of making muscle and fat. They do that typically inside of the cow, but they can also do that outside of the cow. Um, and once we have let them make uh, muscle and fat, we combine those tissues into a hamburger and then um, cook it and eat it. So um, wh why do this? There are a couple of uh, um, important reasons. Uh, one is that uh, meat consumption is on the rise worldwide. Um, you may not realize that if you're living in I Ireland. <laughs> no. Right. But we go to 10 billion people and um, uh, people become wealthier and wealthier, especially in China, India and Africa. And that comes with higher meat consumption. Um, and currently meat production already takes up 70% of all our agricultural resources. So it, it actually cannot really increase. Um, so we are going to face a crisis in, in 2050. So that's already in uh, 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 a little bit over 15 years. Um, so we need to do something about it. In, in addition, and I'm sure there's a lot of publicity in Ireland about that too, there's, uh, we, we become more and more aware of the environmental impact of our food production and meat production. So this is also where uh, this technology could uh, uh, create a lot of relief there. Um, so, th as you say, there's lots of environmental reasons uh, to do it, but there are um, there, there were questions ten years ago about how you would scale something like this. Where are we in uh, in the journey to you know mass produced, mass marketed, mass consumed, cultivated meat? So, when we presented this in 2013, it was still a proof of concept and we had to make a product out of it so scale up make it cost effective um, and um, scale up turns out to be quite a big task um, so that's what we have been doing for the last uh, two three years and with us a number of other companies um, currently we can produce um, at at very small scale uh, but we can produce uh, it's still at uh, a high cost which is uh, so so for instance in singapore you pay for uh, a couple of chicken nuggets uh, 20 uh, singapore's singaporeese dollars um so it's still at a high cost but it's what, what is that in down, euro about 12 or so okay 
and but that has come down from if you remember 250,000 euro for a hamburger <laughs> in 2013 um, and we still have a way to go and we know exactly what to do to do that um, so that that will be in the next uh, couple of years and we have now in uh, two uh, jurisdictions in two countries we have regulatory approval in Singapore and in the US. Okay, so let's talk about the science then. When I spoke to you last, I think you know the muscle cells were not difficult to to, to, to get together. There was fat and other parts of, of natural meat that were more difficult to 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 synthesize if I remember correctly. Where are you now with the with this you know with the, with the meat, steak, burgers? Can you synthesize the entire experience of, of, of meat yet? Uh, yes, we can. Um, so in addition to muscle, which was in 2013, the only component in that hamburger, um, uh, we and a lot of other companies, by the way, are also producing fat tissue. That's also a tissue that you need to culture. Um, it's not that difficult to do. Surprisingly, it takes a little bit longer than uh, culturing muscle tissue, but it actually has a perfect result. It, it's very, very similar, if not identical, to uh, to the real thing. So, and that is important for taste and cooking behavior. So, yes, that can be achieved. It's still at the level of minced meat. So, making a ribeye or a pork chop, um, some attempts have been made. Uh, they look okay. Um, but they are not um, scalable yet. So uh, right. that will be the next step. So the first the first thing that we will see in a number of countries is minced products. So, um, you know, culturing cells is one thing, and this is the difficulty in the early days, I think, of, of getting the structure to, to create the sort of products that you want to do. In terms of um, the sort of scaffold, the, the structure in which these cells are hung together, the, the, the fat and the other types of cells. Are there other things there that are important to kind of keep the, the meat together? Do you, do, you need to, uh, do you need to add things to it to make it uh, taste and feel like uh, proper meat? Not really. Um, what you probably will do, because we do that with regular hamburgers as well, is add some flavors and add a little bit of binder. We typically um, have some binder material like uh, breadcrumbs or um, uh, egg white in a, a hamburger. Um, and that may be the same. Uh, by the way, some of the products that will come to the market, probably the early ones, will be uh, hybrids between, uh, which will be partly plant-based and partly uh, cultivated anyway. This, this is what we see now in, um, in Singapore. Um, and probably we will also see that in the U.S. with the chicken products that are approved there, that it's a hybrid between a plant-based material and a cultivated material. So um, the the challenge of, of technically doing this seems to have been met. How, I mean, how does it taste? How do people um, think it compares to a, a, a normal beef burger versus a, and they're getting really good now, a vegetarian plant-based beef um, like burger. Right. Well, um, there, there's not massive kind of feedback on this. It's uh, kind of uh, piecemeal, if you like, uh, feedback from different uh, tasting sessions, um, uh, especially chicken. Uh, we recently did one with a, um, with a chef here in, in our um, office. Um, and this is a Michelin star chef. And he was really 
pleasantly surprised by the um, by the added taste of um, the culture it sells to um, uh, to the hamburger. So uh, it has definitely a big impact and a surprising low amount of fat, for instance, um, has a big effect on taste and uh, getting kind of the animal, the specific animal features of that taste. So, um, yeah, it will for sure um, improve the taste a lot. So the, the technical scaling in terms of the scientific uh, approach to it, is is it difficult or are there are there technical or scientific challenges to scaling your process from, you know, um, starter cells that uh, then grow and, and are cultured in the lab to create these, um, wh- what do you call them? What do you call a section of artificial beef? Do you <laughs> well, have a word for it yet? Like, is it a strand? Right, is it a... Right. <laughs> Sorry, a brand? No, no. Uh, a so biopsy we, we or... <laughs> Oh, the, the the original part is a biopsy, of course. If we oh, take right, okay. a, a piece of uh, muscle out of a, a cow, uh, that's that's called a biopsy, and uh, that's a small piece of tissue, by the way, only half a gram. Um, and just to grow that up to a large uh, amount of muscle is uh, technically challenging. Um, it the, the the technologies are all there, but you need to when you scale up from. 100 milliliter uh, bioreactor to a 1,000 liter bioreactor, there are a lot of things that you need to think about. Like what? Not in the least that some of the equipment has to be designed and uh, for this particular purpose because they are not there yet. Um, this is not rocket science, but it is a lot of work to optimize it and to make it cost effective and to uh, make a industrial process out of it. Right. And w- one of the problems is the the sort of soup in which these um, cells need to grow. It's quite expensive, right? Uh, yeah, it is. And uh, that co- that is because this is originally a medical technology. Um, right. So all the components are very, very pure and, and very, uh, very good, very high quality. Um, that's actually not necessary for the cells. It turns out that the cells are quite forgiving. Um, so gradually we are replacing all those ingredients with uh, food grade ingredients and that reduces the price tremendously okay and so the uh, artificial meat um is obviously i mean about as processed a meat as you can get but how does it compare in terms of health um to to to, to processed red meat on the market today so you know um there's a big link between cancer and processed red meat will this beef be different um well, the processed is a, a very generic term, right? Uh, everything. I, I'm not. I'm never entirely sure what you mean by that. Mm. Um, but in as far as the consumption of red meat is linked to uh, colorectal cancer, which, which the, the, the epidemiological evidence is there. Uh, there's no question. And this is why the World Health Organization have said, okay, has advised you should eat less than 300 grams per week. Um, that could be the same for our meat. Um, so that advice may hold as well for uh, cultivated meat. Um, okay. There's one. There's one caveat here because uh, obviously we make it ourselves, so we can tailor it a little bit um, in terms of. So, for instance, we can make it less red. Uh, red comes from a particular protein in the muscle. Um, that um, is also sort of incriminated in the uh, higher risk for colorectal cancer. And we actually can titrate that. We can 
reduce the um, expression of that uh, red pigment, which is called myoglobin, in the muscle. But but I think more importantly from a health perspective is is the, the saturated fatty acids in uh, meat that are associated with cardiovascular disease. Um, and there we see that uh, coincidentally, uh, the fat that we make actually has more unsaturated fatty acids than the, the regular fat. So that could be a, um, a benefit from a health perspective. Right. So where are we in terms of regulation? We're getting, we're getting to a point where countries are starting to consider allowing um, this into the food stream, right? I mean, where are we yeah. internationally? What countries are, are offering cultivated meat as a, as a commercial option that, that people can buy in a restaurant or, or in a supermarket? Right now, it's uh, Singapore and the U.S., and we know that um, I'm, I'm in contact with a lot of different um, uh, countries and, and uh, governments. Um, so in uh, Korea, they are preparing uh, regulatory approval. In Europe, of course, in the UK, um, Switzerland, um, the uh, Emirates or the uh, Arabic countries. So there is quite a bit of activity and it's more and more coordinated by the uh, FAO. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's getting there, um, and I think in the next year, maybe even this, the 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 second half of this year, we will see quite a few applications um, and possibly also uh, additional approvals. Right. Um, there's two questions I want to ask, and I sort of feel uncomfortable asking you them. Okay. Uh, the first is, I have been eating plant-based burgers more regularly than normal burgers in the last couple of years, and they are getting really, really good. Um, is it possible that by the time you get regulation and you have, uh, you finally have it scalable and ready to be um, commercially marketable worldwide, that people will have perfected the plant-based burger, which presumably is much more energy uh, efficient because you don't have to have a factory to, to culture the cells. Uh, true. Um, is it likely? Uh, not really. Plant-based burgers have been around for 35 years, um, if, if not. Well, now. yeah, but they've uh, gotten a lot better. Uh, true. They've gotten a lot better. But if you uh, if you have followed the, the market, and, and I must say somewhat unfortunately, the, the market share kind of leveling off. There's no really? growth anymore. Wow. Um, well, the other question I was going to ask you is, how do you know people are going to want this? Because, you know, everyone talked about, you know, insects and using insects as foods. And now that it's available, that we can do it, people aren't really taking it up. I mean, do you think right. that this will be more than just a fad, artificial meat? Um, I think so. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm biased. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you may, you may think about that, whatever you want. But, <laughs> you know, you, you have to analyze why is it that people are not um, massively adopting um, plant-based hamburgers? Because, you know, you're right, they are pretty good. And um, I think one is that meat is still readily available and very, very cheap. But I also have the feeling, and I, I don't have any scientific evidence for this, so, so take this for um, whatever you want to take it, that people still feel that they need to eat meat to be healthy um, as a wholesome part of their diet. Um, and that's where cultivated meat being kind of an equal uh, substitute has an advantage. Well, um, it's great speaking with you, um, Mark Bose, Professor of Sustainable Industrial Tissue Engineering at Master University from Mosa Meats. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Future Proof Extra with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk.